understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Face Podcast. I'm your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and I am here with an incredible being, someone that I have truly admired from afar for a very long time. I'm so excited to have her. She is the founder of One Day CMO. She's the founder of the Sanity and Success Podcast. We're going to talk about this today, y'all. And the founder of Dallas Studio Loft, which is an awesome concept that I can't wait to talk more about. And just an incredible, like, y'all just going to hear it, but I swear I've followed her for a very long time. We've kept in touch somehow, some way, and I've just always admired her honesty, her vulnerability, her transparency, and just sharing the journey along the way. And I feel like she's just one of those people that's never, she is everything, but she's never tried to be anything she's not. And I love that about her. So I'm really excited to have on the show, Emily Dela Cruz. Welcome. Oh my God. That was like the best like little intro because it had nothing to do with my bio. Um, and also you have an excellent podcast voice. It's giving <laughs> sultry. Yes. I'm going to start whispering the whole time. <laughs> Everyone's always like, your, your voice sounds like a hug. And I'm like, I received that. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I hate my voice. And I feel like most people hate their voices, but there's just some people that have like really good, like podcasting voice or radio voices, I guess you could say. And you're one of them girls. So you, you and your calling for sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I received that. So, uh, so having this conversation with you is so on point right now because I ventured off, like, again, been following you for years, love everything you do, had an opportunity to meet you through multiple people, network with you in, in different situations. So glad that I did. Your energy is the same. You are one of those people that who you are online is who you are in person, which is what I love. Um, but, um, I ventured off into your podcast when you started posting it, uh, not too long ago. And I remember reading the bio and girl, my jaw dropped to the floor. Like, I was like, are you, are you speaking to me right now? Like, I was like, Emily, did this happen to you? Because this is happening to me right now. And I need this to make sense. And I feel like, and maybe take it a step deeper for me, but I feel like the concept of your show is a spinoff of your personal journey, which has been like, and you said this in your trailer. And I was like, Emily, say less. You said, I'm tired. I'm just tired of achieving. Like I'm tired of achieving. I'm exhausted. I feel like the world is obsessed with this perception or this perfectionism and this highlight reel, but where is the strategy or the equation for like peace and self self-awareness or like self-growth? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Because I've done all the things you said by 26, you were in Forbes, you had done all these things. And like, why does my life feel so ghetto is what you said. I was like, amen. Like, why am I meeting this? Cause I'm, I, I would love to hear you speak to your journey and why, but why am I meeting right now? This just plethora of women of where we've done all the things. And it's like, oh, this is exhausting. And I don't want the rest of my life to look like this. And oh, by the way, I've made a good amount of money and I realize it doesn't fill my cup. So now what? Mm. Yeah. So 
I grew up in a Hispanic household and I feel like a lot of women of color are finally starting to see that the whole like working hard thing to get ahead was a lie, you know? And it's like, yeah, work hard and work hard and you're go to school and get a good job and get a good degree. And it's like, now we're in our early to mid thirties, single AF, you know, we have all the money in the world, but we're unfulfilled. Right. And a lot of my friends and I, started having like the same conversations. Like I think the pandemic amplified it for sure because we couldn't distract ourselves anymore with work or going out or traveling. And it was the first time that you had to really sit with yourself and be like, wow, yeah, I'm I'm successful by all of these people's um, definition of success, right? Like with the money and the business and the career and whatever. But it's like, but I'm lonely, but I'm empty, but I don't feel like I really know my purpose. I'm depressed, right? And as the pandemic went on and I started having more conversations, I noticed that like a lot of the people around me were living a lie, right? Like they were on social media pretending to be somebody that they weren't in real life, not because they didn't want to, you know, be authentic, but because we're just living in a time of like toxic positivity. And it's like, don't come with your bad vibes. And it's like, you're depressed. Like Mm. you're depressed. And then you're getting on Instagram live and pretending your life is fucking perfect. You're going through a divorce and pretending that your life is fucking perfect. Your kids are acting a fool. You're pretending your life is perfect. Yeah. You made 5 million. Yeah. You made 10 million. Yeah. You made however many millions. The seven figures did not save your marriage. It doesn't mean that your kids are acting right. It doesn't mean that you're healthy. Y'all getting cancer diagnoses. Like your life is not what you portray it to be on social media, but you feel forced to portray a certain way because people are only going to, or the belief is people are only going to want to work with me or want to pay me or want to follow me if I have this perfect life for them to want to aspire to when really it's like all of us are going through it and nobody, nobody knows how to express and be vulnerable in their insecurities or in their pain because everybody is so busy being perfect for the sake of a profit or for the sake of, you know, their business or their online image. So the podcast really came from like me getting tired of like having these conversations behind closed doors with people that I felt like so many women online needed to hear them out loud to really validate like what they were also going through. Ah, this is so good already. Oh my God. I have so many questions. They're like, I, I wrote down like five things while you're talking, but I want to, I had this conversation with someone the other day and I just heard you say it. And I want to speak to your marketing side because you're also a marketer. Um, Mm -hmm. I, part of me feels like this is a bit of a breakup because I feel like we did not pay attention to the fact that marketing got really big via men that men sell like that the way men sell and the way that men market and the way women market were supposed to always mm-hmm. be entirely different. And women, we kind of merged with the way men were selling because it's we saw it working and men were selling like men can only sell you something that when you have something that they want, you have to have a lifestyle that they want. And that's either like money, freedom, material things like it's few far between. And to be honest with you, it's fucking simple. It's very simple. Like men are simple. Mm -hmm. It's like these three things. I have a life that you want. Do you want these things? So for you to get to these things that you want, you have to take the same path that I took. And here's the path. And then Mm -hmm. women started going, okay, I need to project this perfect life of traveling, love, romance, all these 
desired outcomes because I want women to take the same path as me and pay me for the path. And I think now I wonder if like, we're in this breakup of like women realizing like, wait, that's not, that's not it. That's not what women want. It's what they want, but they want it in a different way. And I shouldn't feel like I have to market that way because it, it costs me more to wear that mask mask than it does to be vulnerable and honest about the truth. It don't hurt men to do this. Let me be crystal clear. It does not mm. hurt men to wear this mask because at their, at their core, many of them, that's who they are. But women, this hurts us to wear that mask. It hurts us more to tell women that their life should be this way because it's almost this projection of perfection for them. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And even like with marketing, you know, I had to become so unapologetic because if anybody knows me, I've done change businesses 10 different times, right? Like I started off as the branding muse and then I had revenue 15, which was a sales funnel agency. Then I launched I one day CMO. That. And it's like, as my career progressed, so did my desires in business, right? And I had to really fight off this imposter syndrome of feeling like, oh, well, I'm not allowed to change my mind. Like I have a sales funnel agency. I just need to be consistent, right? That we keep hearing that be consistent bullshit online. Be, I just have to be consistent. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to let something that makes me miserable keep holding me hostage. So I'm not doing sales funnels anymore. Goodbye. Why? Because of what you said. There's so many people that the launch cycle and the sales funnel and all of that, it's such a masculine way of marketing. The scarcity, the the false scarcity, the false sense of urgency, the the I hate like the us making people feel bad. Like, oh, if you don't get in my program, you you don't want to level up. If you don't invest in this, you don't want to better yourself. If you how the how about I just want to spend my money not on your coaching program? <laughs> How yeah. about that one for my $2,000 on a vacation? Or I want to spend my $2,000 in the Gucci store, right? Like maybe I don't want to pay for your coaching program because it's just not that important to me. Maybe bettering myself is not that important to me, right? So all this shame that came around marketing and all this false scarcity was really created by white men in the industry, mm-hmm. right? And we all adopted that model, right? We all adopted the webinar model and the sales funnel model and the open cart and the launches and the this and the that and the whatever. And then it's like now everybody, especially women, we're all burnt the fuck out because like that's not actually the way that we were meant to do business. You know, it does not align with our core, like the false sense of urgency. Like it just gives very car salesmen, sleazy um, vibes. Right. But we all were convinced, you know, between like 2015 to like, I would say 2019, we were convinced that, oh, all you have to do is just create content, put people in a funnel, convince them that the car is closing, convince them that they're going to lose this fast action bonus, convince them that they're missing out, make them think that your lifestyle is something that's actually attainable. And we're all going to be millionaires. Right. And then somewhere down the line, it was like, okay, but what now? I did those things, but what now? I don't have anything to show for it. Mm. I don't have sanity to show for it because I'm literally ready to throw my business out the window every fucking day. I'm overwhelmed on this content creation hamster wheel that I feel like I have to be on all day long, right? My business isn't profitable because everybody told me that I needed to hire a team. So now I have all of these people. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing, but I'm paying all these salaries and I'm paying all these people just to feel like a big, like a grown up, like a big girl CEO, Right. Mm. And we just keep feeding our egos. We just Mm. keep feeding our egos because we think that that's what's going to make us happy. And then every time we cross another one of those things off of our to do list, we still feel exactly the same. 
because purpose and like fulfillment doesn't come from what you cross off your to-do list, right? It comes from what actually feels good, but we deny ourselves feeling good because we have to be disciplined and we have to be focused and we have to be committed. And really what we're doing is just betraying ourselves every day for the sake of looking like we have it together on the internet. Mm. Y'all, that was a whole bar. That was a whole bar. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Hold on. So, cause I have so many things. So, so as you're saying this, I'm thinking about, um, there was this, I'm wondering if you shared it before I say this, but somebody just shared this and I was like, wow, somebody was like, this was the, the realest shit I've ever read. And I wish more people would say this. And it was like a screenshot of like a corporate email. Have you seen this? And mm-hmm. this woman said, I'm, I'm just going to make up a name. It said like Mary and she wrote the name and she was like, the subject line said need to reschedule. And the line said, I've lost control of my day. Would you mind if we rescheduled? And somebody was like, yo, this is the realest shit ever. Like, what if we could just say this in corporate America or anywhere for that matter? And I can't tell you how many times I've said that, that I've lost control, like, like to myself or like wanted to escape my life or been like, I'm how the hell did I get to get this place of overwhelm? And I keep bringing this point to people of like, you build this elephant. Um, my father's been in, my father ran a business for like 20 years as I, when I was younger and ended up losing it all. And he, and, and as an adult, he always brings to the, the point to me, like even 40 years ago, Jessica, we always, one of the things we talked about in business was don't build an elephant. Like don't just keep hiring, keep growing for the sake of hiring and growing. And then you're sitting on top of bigger, bigger problems, bigger money problems. And then you're like, what the fuck did I do all this for? Like, Mm. be very clear on where you're going. And I think that's what so many of us are doing. It's be a millionaire overnight. You know, like you said, the funnel, the, the scarcity, the, all these things. And now it's like, where's my heart in all of this? Where's my impact in all of this? What makes me feel good? Like, Sometimes I get excited that I run an agency because it gives me the opportunity to run away from it all. Like I kind of get mm. to step away because I, I, I go through those bouts of where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to show up for people. I don't have it in me right now. And so I guess my question around that, actually, hold on, because this is a business question. When I say that, I was like this, like lost control of my day, building an empire, building an elephant. Like that makes so much sense. Like, I don't want to build a big, massive, like, I don't know if a million dollars is the goal. You know, like sometimes I'm like, is a million dollars the goal? Or am I just saying that? Cause other people are saying that like, then what? Okay. A million, then 10 million, like a million, then 5 million. Or like, mm-hmm. or is it that I want X amount of staff as I want? Is it that I want X amount of free time? Is it that I want X amount of this? And so I guess my question is like, what was the big decision or big pivot for you, not just going into what you loved, but where you were like, okay, what are the like three biggest changes I'm going to make to actually build the life around a life that I want? Like, how do I, cause sometimes I've, I've heard people have to like, they have to delete the whole thing, like scrap it all and start over. What were some of the decisions that you had to make that were big for you that you were like, even if this works, I don't give a shit. I'm building this around the life I want. Mm, Yeah. So the short answer is I got depressed and I was, you know, I got like diagnosed depressed and I got on antidepressants. And as I was like going through therapy, my therapist just kept asking me like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? 
And she's like, you get, you have all of this anxiety and you're depressed and you're overwhelmed because you keep chasing different things. And when you don't accomplish those things, you beat yourself up about it. But she's like, you don't really actually, you've never articulated what you really want. Like, why are you building a business? Like, why are you going back to work? Like, why are you doing these things that, you know, are essentially like, putting you down in the dumps. And after like a couple of weeks of just like reflecting, I realized like I was just like a chronic people pleaser. Like I wanted to please my boyfriend. I wanted to please my family. I wanted to please my clients. I wanted to please everybody else. And Emily was always last. And after getting, you know, like (laughs) hitting rock bottom, I guess you could be my version of it, you know, with depression and just like not wanting to get out of bed and like, Um, my grandmother passed away in September, um, of 2021, just last year. And it was just like this wake up call of like, you know, I, I always kept saying with my mom, like, oh, eventually, like, we're going to go to DR and we're going to see grandma. You know, she was sick. She had dementia, but we were always like, oh, you know, like when the pandemic lifts, we're going to go in the middle of the pandemic, girl, I was outside. Okay. I was outside in Dallas. I was in Puerto Rico. I done went to Mexico like three times. Like I was fine to do those things, but like to go to DR to go see family, it was like, oh, well, like, you know, later, later. And I feel like I kept postponing all of these things. And once the pandemic hit, I was like, I, I just, I don't have enough time anymore. I just don't have enough time to keep pushing things off. So that's why I ended up moving to Dallas. You know, I bought my dream car. So I used to drive a Nissan Altima. It was paid off. And I was like, if I would have passed away during COVID and I was still driving a Nissan Altima, I would have been in heaven like, Lord, send me back. Cause I can't go out. Like I can't go out like that. Like I can't. I can't. I have to live my dream life now. I moved to Texas. I moved into a new build. Um, I bought a Range Rover. I bought a 2020 Range mm. Rover in 2020. You know, like I did all of these things that I had always kept reserving for later, later, later. When I make this amount of money, when I do this, when I do that. Oh, I'm gonna buy my my dream house when I have a husband. He ain't here. So I would have still been living in an apartment with a roommate if I was still waiting for my soulmate to buy my dream house and live my dream life. And I just had to give myself the dream life. But to kind of like give you a little bit more context, what eventually happened was I had to decide like, okay, what do I value the most, right? What do I value the most? And really, I would say like through therapy and a lot of like personal development, I've read probably like all of the personal development books. Um, But what I learned was just kind of like thinking about like, what are my values and what, what am I doing all of this for? Right. And for me, I really want legacy and I really want time freedom. I hate motherfuckers telling me what to do. Mm. I hate motherfuckers telling me what to do. Do not tell me what to do. I'm an only child. I was raised, you know, in a very like rigid Hispanic household, Puerto Rican mom, Dominican father. Like they were not letting me do nothing. Okay. You and you, and I was born and raised in the Bronx. So it's like, you're not going outside. You're not going to parties. You're not doing. So in my head, I was always like, when I get grown, like I'm going to just do all these things. Yeah. And then I got grown and I didn't do anything. Right. Cause I never (laughs) had the time. (laughs) I never had the time. It was like, I was in college working three jobs. I was working full-time hours since I was a sophomore in college while taking 18 credit hours. Then I graduated. I wanted to have a job and a side hustle. Like, I feel like I never enjoyed my youth. So eventually like all of that kind of, I guess, like culminated into like depression, which I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like all of us have like dealt with depression in some shape or form, but like not everybody gets diagnosed because not everybody like actually seeks help. But I just got to the point where I was like, 
I don't see an end to this. So like I need help. So I went, that's how I ended up going to the uh, therapist. And I went to therapy just because I was like, oh, I'm struggling with anxiety. Like I'm just very overwhelmed. And as she was like asking me more questions, she was like, um, I know you think that you have anxiety and you over here trying to get like Adderall and some ADHD medication, baby girl, you are depressed. Okay. The reason why like you have all of these symptoms, these are depression symptoms. Anxiety is just part of the depression. And I was like, I can't be depressed. Like, right. I can't be depressed. I'm fine. Like My I just work great. Hard. I just yeah. work very hard, you know? And eventually like once I decided, okay, I want to have time freedom. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Um, and I want to be able to leave a legacy. I looked at my businesses and I looked at my job and I was like, it ain't providing me that my nine to five, as great as it was, it's not giving me time freedom. Cause unfortunately I'm on somebody else's time all the time. Right. As and an entrepreneur, I swear to God, I can't believe I went to work for somebody five days a week, eight hours a day. But for me, I was like, oh, I want stability. I want to work for somebody because I want the stability of a paycheck. I don't want to show up online. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But really, it was me hiding from what I actually wanted to do. Yeah, I don't want to show up online, but I still want to be able to own my time. So how can I have both? And I always felt like it was this either or scenario. It's like either I market and I show up in the same way that everybody else is showing up online or I'm an employee. I It never came to my mind. Like I could never fathom that. It's like, you can have a business and market it however the hell you want to market it. Facts. You know, you don't need to subscribe to whatever. So once I looked at like what I actually had going on, it was like nothing that I was doing aligned with what I actually wanted, you know, mm-hmm. for me building a legacy business, being a coach, <laughs> the girls are going to be mad. Being a coach is not a legacy business to me because guess what? When I get sick, When I go on maternity leave, when I decide to die, guess what? My kids cannot inherit my coaching business. I'm, I'm very curious to see like Bob Proctor, RRP just passed away. I'm really curious to see like how his business evolves. Same thing with CC, the six figure chick, she passed away. Um, God rest her soul. And I know her family is like running her page, but it's like, is it going to be around in 10, 20 years? I don't know. Right. So I was just kind of like, I'm, I was coaching because it was a high profit business. And because, you know, I really wanted to be able to like make money fast. Like I'm gonna tell you the truth. I hate coaching. I think the entrepreneurs that I serve, they don't need to be coached. They need help. They need it to be done. They don't need me to tell them what to do. They need help actually doing the things. So I kept getting back into this hamster wheel of coaching because everybody around me was coaching. And I was like, I can't build a legacy off of this. And then seeing too, a lot of coaches hire like other coaches, you know, to coach in their program. And then their clients get in the program and they'll be like, who the fuck is this? Cause like I signed up to work with you, but you got this other, you know, like not everybody can build a coaching business that they're not the face of and that they're not the forefront of. And I knew like, I just didn't want that to be my portion. Like me spending every single Tuesday at 7 PM on zoom, doing a coaching call, literally I would rather play in traffic. So when I started to look at like all the things that I was doing, I'm like, of course, bitch, you depressed. Cause you keep doing the opposite of what you actually want. God, so just, you are speaking I to think. my soul right now. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm not going to coach. Um, I'm going to go back to, to being service-based. I'm going to increase my prices. Um, I have a 
program called Smarter Marketing that's rolling out. But instead of it being like a group coaching program, it's just a course. So, you know, you can buy it whenever. Ain't no funnel. Ain't no none of that. Like buy it if you need it. Don't buy it if you don't need it. I actually do not care. Um, But it's like I'm going to do things because they feel good to me, not because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? So that's really how it all changed. It was just like taking a look at everything and being like, it's not adding up. What I say that I want and what I'm actually doing do not line up. I'm out of integrity. Yo, so I'll share this on here. I have not shared this yet, so I'll share it here. Ooh, an exclusive. Yes, very. So I, um, cause you're speaking to me right now. So like, this is really key. Um, so I just went to the marketers conference. Like I literally just went to the marketers like retreat. I just went to click funnels retreat in Mexico for seven days. So like oh, Russell that. Brunson, like the ultimate, like traffic marketing, blah, 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 blah. Um, so my best friend was in the, the, oh my God, mastermind this year. I didn't do it, but she could take a plus one and they could still receive everything that she was receiving. And it was a much more intimate group. So the, you know, when you go to the conference, it's like 5,000 people, this was like 250. So I was like, I'm gonna go because there's going to be some people in this room. Like I'm gonna go. Mm -hmm. So I go, um, where I was really impressed. So like everything you're saying is what I felt, but I haven't been able to say, like, I'm listening to all this and I'm like, I'm not doing an OTO. Like I'm not doing like a one-time offer. I'm not doing like a, like cart closes in seven hours. Like I'm not doing this. Like I want people know my expertise. If you can't afford to work with me from a service-based part, you can buy the course, but like, I don't want to do this. Like, and so then during the week, if this all adds up to this moment. So then during the week, we met with this guy that wanted to meet with us about our event, which is the female event we do every year, which is innovative income. And he was like, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are already clearly profitable. You're this, you're that, but like, here's some ideas. Like he just helps events. He's like, here's some ideas you could do to sell more. We're like, great. And every idea came with, and then you could do a call a week. Blah, blah. And every time I was like, stop right there. I'm not adding another call a week. And he would be like, well, it's just a call a week. And I was like, what is it? Like, literally I stopped him and I said, what does a call a week look like for you? And he was like, well, I do a, I do a call with my group every at 7 PM on every Wednesday night. And I was like, do you have kids? And he was like, no. And he was like, but I have several students that have kids. And I was like, man or female. He was like, I have some female, you know, uh, students. And I was like, I'm a single mom. I run two businesses. Let me tell you what the last thing I want to do is add another call to my schedule that I have to now find a fucking sitter to watch my four-year-old who doesn't give a flying shit about me being on a Zoom call for two hours and not listening because when I'm a student, I can just listen and put it on mute. But when I'm leading, I have to speak. I don't want, I want to pick my son up from school at six o'clock and I want to be on his time from six to to nine. Cause that's all I get when I pick him up to put him to bed. So like, I don't want two of those days a week being something for someone else. So then, so I keep saying this and I'm like, even my best friend was like, you know, they were good ideas though. And I'm like, yes. But one thing I know at 33 at this point is that I don't want any more freaking zoom calls. And so then the, the last thing I, the people want are zoom calls. <laughs> no okay. more. Like I want no more. And then the last, um, session, which was hosted by Russell, which is like a big deal. He doesn't like do these personalized sessions so much. So I'm thinking he's going to give away this like massive marketing something. He actually does this entire session that I am so glad I went on like your value universe and getting back to your morals and your values and what matters to you and what you built your business around and all these things. And like, so I literally, the way he did it was so well-structured because you had to like write all your values down first. So anyway, when I'm taking all these sticky notes and I'm like aligning them, I'm like, 
holy shit. Like then you had to like group them all in, in, um, categories and I'm categorizing Mm -hmm. everything I wrote down. And I'm realizing like out of like 50 sticky notes, two of them are business related. Like everything that matters to me, things that make me smile, things that are valuable to my life. Two of them are business related. And for the most part, they were growth related. Like the fact that I like interviewing people and learning from them, not technically even Mm -hmm. business related. And so then I was, then, then you like create your new impact statements. And as I'm writing impact statements about helping more people, literally I heard clear as day in my head, like you're so resistant right now to impacting more people because that's always been my thing. Like impact more people, impact more people. You're so resistant right now to impacting more people because the person that needs your impact the most is your son. Mm. you can't help another fucking person without helping your son. You're going to go out there and help the whole damn world. And your son needs you the most right now. What Mm. are you doing? Like, there's nothing, there's no stranger left for you to prioritize over your son. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's it. Like boundaries, like that's, I'm done. I'm done. Like whatever I have to do to pull back the reins more, to pour into him more, because that was a whole point of this. That was a whole purpose of this. And I've gotten so far away from that. How do I get back? Because mm. what am I going to do? Go tell the world that I, I helped the world. And then my son's not, I'm, I've got all the tools and all the resources and I'm not pouring into him. I mean, I am, but if I'm busy all the time, I'm not going to do anything, but make him what's the word? Um, resentful resentful, resent entrepreneurship. I think he's going to look by my design and be like, entrepreneurship is so great. If it doesn't give me the freedom to spend more time with him, why would he admire it? Mm. Mm -hmm. Why? So I was just like, and I feel like I'm meeting people on end that are dealing with this of like, wait a minute, what hit a wall in 2022, just hit a wall. Like, wait, why am I doing all this? Am I prioritizing the right things? Am I prioritizing the right people? Is there a reason why I feel unfulfilled? Like, and you talked about Mm -hmm. this too, is the difference between burnout and unfulfillment and which one is it? And I thought that was so unique because I was like, I think a lot of people are unfulfilled and they think they're burnt out. And a lot of people are burnt out and they're disregarding it and they're actually unfulfilled. So it's like, how, how did you figure out which one was which? Mm. I love that you, first of all, I got chills when you were talking about like prioritizing your son, because I can think of so many scenarios like, you know, I hate talking about this, but I think it was just such a big turning point in my story. I was engaged and the Mm. engagement fell through. And when the engagement fell through, I didn't really talk about it much, but, um, you know, shenanigans happened. But the biggest thing was just kind of like, you weren't there for me, Em. Like you were just so busy being an entrepreneur and doing all of this that you like, you neglected me. And, you know, obviously other things played into it, but that was just like one of the really big moments. And I remember thinking back to like resenting my mother so much. She worked three jobs when I was growing up to put me through private school. You know, I went to Catholic school to eighth grade. Then I got a full scholarship to go to high school to another private school. And then I got a full scholarship to go to college. But then I ended up going to Syracuse because I wanted to be like, cool. I was tired of like going to Catholic schools. So I ended up going to Syracuse and having to like take out loans and stuff. And just like, I remember like, all of the sacrifices that my mom and my grandparents had to make to like give me this life. And really I was like, I didn't care. I didn't care that I was going to Broadway shows at eight years old every freaking weekend. It was like, mom, you're never around. Like you're gone before I wake up in the morning and you get home after I'm asleep every single night. Like 
I don't have a relationship with my mother. You know, I'm 31 years old. I don't have a relationship with my mother. So I've always resented money because I was like, well, if I have to make money, I have to sacrifice people. Hmm. So I would play small and I would just, you know, I want to just run the lifestyle business. I just need enough money to like pay my bills and I'm going to be fine. Right. But that's not my, I would be unfulfilled because that's not my calling. Like God called me to do more, to impact more people, to help more women. But it was like, every time I thought about doing more and taking on more clients and doing more work in the back of my head, I was like, well, I'm going to be single forever and I'm never going to have kids. And it's like, what's going to come at the expense of my success. And once I started, you know, really working on understanding like this myth of balance, right? And this myth of like being able to have it all, it's about prioritization, right? And it's about having boundaries and sticking to those boundaries. Like I remember when I decided to jump back into entrepreneurship full time a couple of months ago, um, I was like, I'm not working on Saturdays. I'm not, I'm just not working on Saturdays. Unfortunately, my accountant and a business partner that I had, they wanted to have a meeting on a Saturday. And I was like, I'm not going to be there. So the conversation became like, well, are you really committed? Like, are you really dedicated? It's just one Saturday, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm like, I get it. I understand. Like, unfortunately, there's no other time during the week where we're all available. However, if I say yes to this one Saturday, I'm going to set the precedent for all the Saturdays after it. And I'm not doing that, you know? So I ended up walking away from a business partnership um, because of it, you know, because I was just like, I was not willing to compromise my Saturdays. And I can tell that to another entrepreneur and they're like, just do whatever you got to do. Just grind it out. Just you You can enjoy your life later. And I'm like, I don't want to enjoy my life later. My grandmother just passed away six months ago. Like the last thing I'm going to keep doing is postponing my happiness and postponing my joy for this later when I can literally get in my car, get in a car accident and die right after I get off this interview. I'm not going to keep planning my life. Um, We just are so um, entitled to our time and entitled to to the time that we have on this earth. And it's just like literally at any moment, you could be dead, like literally at any moment. But we just assume, oh, I'm going to be alive tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to be alive next week. Oh, I'm going to be alive five years from now. I'm going to be alive 10 years from now. My good friend, his mom just suddenly literally passed away one minute she's going in for a checkup two days later she's gone so the whole like oh grind now and live your life later i don't know if i'm gonna be alive later so i'm gonna live it today right Facts. you know and i had to just get really unapologetic about like my boundaries and like what what is a priority to me i will abs- i hate fucking flying spirit but it's like i will fly on a last minute spirit flight to go see my godson for 24 hours because i have the time and the resources before i will get on a zoom call mm. Mm. everybody else has to wait when it comes to my family and when it comes to the people that i love everybody else has to wait period if i'm dating somebody I may have a project deadline. We're going to cuddle on the couch and watch Netflix. I might be doing the project. I might be up at 11 o'clock to one o'clock in the morning, finishing the project for the next morning. But my priority at this time is people, right? It's the people around me. And I had to just get away from the entrepreneurs and the people that kept making me feel like shit about it. Cause it's not even like, you're not, you're usually not the bad one is you're around a whole bunch of motherfuckers who are drinking the same Kool-Aid who are on this grind till you die. Right. And it's like, y'all niggas making me think I'm crazy. Y'all crazy. Y'all really crazy. You know? And it got to the point where I was just kind of like, 
I'm not going to say I was cutting people off, but I just really took a look at my circle. And I'm like, if you're not aligned, because we all don't need to agree, but I'm like, if, if you're not aligned with what I want for my life, then I don't need to be around you because I don't need that. Um, whatchamacallit. I don't want to say a negative influence because that's not it. Like everybody's entitled to living their life how they want, but I just don't need to, I don't need you to make me feel bad for what I believe is best for me because it's different from what you think is best for you or from how you want to live your life, right? Like you're labeling me lazy because I have boundaries and priorities that are different from yours. You're yes. labeling me inconsistent because I don't want to post on Instagram three times a day. You're labeling me whatever because uh, undisciplined because I don't want to go live once a week. Like kiss my ass, you know. <laughs> and once I got away from those people that would constantly be making me feel like less than because I didn't want to live my life how they were living their life, I became a lot happier. Yeah, there's some friends that are not entrepreneurs. And you will be much happier. Get some friends that are employees. Get some friends that, you know, have been in business for a, a good amount of time. I would say like my friends that have been like in business for like over 10 years or like or make like my good friend that I'm thinking about right now, Haley. She's um, in the multi-millions. I think she's had her business for like three years. Baby girl, barely. She, she works a couple of hours a week, you know, on her business. She really is a CEO. Most she has investments. She has a newborn. She's doing her thing. So when I'm around her, she never makes me feel like I have to work harder or do more or go. She's like, business should be fun. Like you should be enjoying your business. And if you're not enjoying your business, you're doing something wrong. And I want to be around more people like that. Not Mm. the grind, hustle. You know, you need to be in somebody coaching program. If you really value yourself, you would invest in yourself. Child, I can't. (laughs) I could be here all day. This interview, this is just, the top of 2021, when I went through my separation, the, I remember being in the car with my girlfriend and she was like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, like the first thing came to mind, I was like, I'm going to fire all my coaches. I only had two. And she was like, why? And I was like, because the last thing I want right now in this season is someone to tell me to hustle through it. Like, I don't want anyone to tell me to focus on my numbers, to focus on this or to focus on that. Like, I was like, they got to go. And like, literally told them both. I was done like within a week and didn't need my money back. Nothing. I was just like, I'm done. And I went and hired a whole bunch of healers, like a basketball team of them, literally. And Mm -hmm. I remember one of the coaches saying to me, "Um, are you sure you want to do this? Because you're in a really bad season of your life. And you now you've gotten rid of your partner and now you're getting rid of your coaches. I just don't know who's going to have your back. And I was like, me, me, I'm going to have my back. And like, this was my mentality. And I couldn't say it then because nobody could hear me. I remember I said it to a few people intimately and they couldn't hear it, but now I can because I'm on the other side of it. But what my thought process was foul or not was fire these business coaches. All you have to do, your business has to float. It just has to survive. I don't need it to thrive in this season. I don't need to make a shit ton of money. I know where my bills are getting paid. I know how to do this. I know how to do X, Y, and Z. I just need my business to survive. Outside of that, I need to, I need to pour into me. I'm not hustling past shit. I'm going to pour into me. Cause I was like, no, no. Like, I don't want anyone to tell me to hustle through my feelings, to compartmentalize, to mm-hmm. no, because six years from now, I'm going to be rich as fuck. And 
chasing the same type of man or the same type of partnership with the same attachment styles, with the same traumatic wounds, with the same BS that I wasn't willing to heal because I focused on a business and not myself. I can focus on the business later. All I need to do is make sure it doesn't die. That's pretty much it. Like it was like how you treat a person. Like as long as I can get out of bed and shower every day, I'm alive. Like that's how my business was. I was like, as long as I answer minimal calls, as long as the deliverables get delivered, we're good. I'm not taking on new clients. I don't want a high performance coach. I don't want this. I don't want that. Take me out of all of it. Like, right. It's like, I don't want to perform highly. I'm just trying to perform. <laughs> yeah. Can I just master waking up and getting out of bed at this moment? Because my feelings are top tier crazy right now. Like, can I just mm-hmm. feel please? And I think as a society, like those feelings are up and down and mm-hmm. everybody is like, you're saying is just in this, like, there's no grace. There's no patience. There's no understanding. There's no, there's no seasons. There's no balance. There's no nothing. Like not that that is not real for me either, but like, there's just no, there's none of it. Like, it's just grind until you die. Go, go, go prioritize things later or, or engulf yourself with people that are yes men so that they understand, or your, your friends don't understand your family's fake, get rid of them. They don't understand. Like, no, some people in your life are meant to be loved, whether or not they're a part of this journey or not. You're allowed to love people the same way you did before you became an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like just because they can't support what they don't don't understand doesn't have anything to do with your, you stopping what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, and one thing I really, really learned in therapy was like, we are all battling with self-worth, right? Because nobody is applauding you just for existing, right? So the fact that even with entrepreneurship or even in like careers and stuff that we don't, we don't find value in just the existence of people like, oh, I need to only be friends with entrepreneurs because they're the only ones that understand like where I'm going through. And they're the only one I can bounce ideas off of. You're basically saying my friend who's not an entrepreneur has no value to me. Mm. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. Right. And we're running around trying to build up our self-worth because of accomplishments, because that's the only thing society celebrates. Women are chasing marriage because the biggest day of a woman's life is her wedding. Nobody puts on a party. Nobody goes on vacation. Ain't no showers for nothing other than you having kids and becoming somebody's wife. There's no other celebration as big as that. So, of course, women are going to constantly be chasing being a wife because that's her wedding day is probably the day that she's going to be most celebrated. Of course, women want to be mothers. That's the t- that's the time where she's going to feel most valued because somebody needs her because everybody else in her circle doesn't need her, doesn't find value in her. Right. So there's women who literally have children and all of their validation comes from their kids because their kids value them just for being their mother. Not for what they do, not for how they look, not for their job, not for their size, just for existing. And that's why like kids are so pure in that because like kids, they can't do anything for you and you just love them because, right? And being a mother, it's like, they just love you because like they just come out your vagina and it's like, you my person, let's do this. Whether you do the job good or bad, 
Yes. They ride with you, right? But it's like as we become adults, those those sense of relationships don't exist anymore because now it's like, well, you're my business coach, you you need to be coaching me. You're my friend, you need to be supporting my business. You're my partner, you need to be my assistant in my business. You're my this and it's like we don't just let people be valuable because they exist and because they're in our lives. They have to be adding some other sauce. It's like, what do you bring to the table? Baby girl, be glad I'm at the table, okay? Cause I couldn't, I could have not been here, you yeah. know, and people will much rather do life alone. Right. And cut people off because they want to be surrounded by people who add value. For me, it's like, I just want to be surrounded by people who don't make me feel like shit. I don't yes. care if you add value or not. And once I noticed that a lot of um, my colleagues, I'm not even going to call them friends, but like colleagues and acquaintances in the entrepreneurial world, they can make seven, 10 times more than I make. They weren't happier than me. So I knew that making more money doesn't mean more happiness. I know people who are multi-millionaires. They don't travel. They don't have fun. They don't have hobbies. They don't have friends. They don't even got to have sex. Okay. Like they're not doing nothing. They're not living a life that I'm interested in living. So eventually I was just like, why do I keep trying to build a business or build a life like these people when they don't have anything to show for it? When you truly write down the things that bring you like when, when the, when Russell was explaining, like write down the things that like, literally I want you to like close your eyes. He gave us 45 whole minutes and was like, close your eyes and think about all the things that have like really made you smile lately. Like write those moments down. And when you realize what those things are and how you are literally, you are the writer of your self-sabotage. Like, Mm -hmm. like when I was tying the fact to like, when my, when my son randomly says, I love you, mommy, when I don't do anything. Like he just walks up to me. Like he literally Mm -hmm. came in last night and was like, I love you, mommy. And like, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, thanks. Like, I love you too. Like that. And then walking outside in the mornings and having a view of the water and like, you know, getting coffee every morning, even though people are like caffeine, blah, blah, blah. That there's something about that that brings me joy. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, like whatever, when I wrote down all those things and then I was like, but I'm doing all these things (laughs) and they don't equal those things. Oh, so I'm the problem. Like I'm the master of the self-sabotage. I'm the one that thinks that I have to keep, you know, speaking at, on this level at this thing. When reality, when I'm done, I actually don't ever remember smiling like that. I actually smile more when I do these things. Like I smile more when I make tacos and drink wine with my girlfriends on a Tuesday night, like Mm -hmm. make it make sense. But then I'm adding more zoom calls to my schedule. So I have no time for that. Like, cause so that I can make more, more money to do what? Cause we keep thinking we've been sold the stream that if we make more money, we can delegate more. If we delegate more, we'll have more time freedom. No, you have time freedom now. Make it now. Like mm-hmm. you saying that no one is more happy. Like it, it just goes back to this. Like, what are you building an elephant for? Because when you realize, like you said, these people aren't having more sex, they're not more happy. They are not more fulfilled. They are literally some of the most empty people I know goes back to, I used to say this all the time when I was a child, I, just like you said, I used to struggle because when I was younger, I didn't know anyone that was wealthy. That was nice. Mm. So I thought it was like this, like bad thing. Like everyone that I knew that had money, their parents were rude. And I was like, I don't want that for my life. Like I was literally thought that was bad or whatever. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about it and I'm like, I've done this whole full circle met plenty of, of multimillionaires and the only ones that are even somewhat whole or 
feel good are because they've hit rock bottom and they've gone on the, on a very holistic spiritual journey of finding mm. themselves, digging deeper, figuring out what makes them happy and like reevaluating the whole spectrum, revisiting it. But like that, that hustle till you die culture shit can kiss my ass. Like <laughs> it's not. Truly. And you know, too, what I eventually started to do, you know how they always say like, don't take um, relationship advice from somebody who's single. Mm. I started doing that like with business, like as I started looking at like, you know, because the whole marketing is marketing. Right. So you're going to get convinced that okay. we're convinced all day long or, you know, that you need something that this is going to be the pill to take you to the next level. But when I started to look around at like the women that I'm and I have no shame in saying it like these women trigger me on social media sometimes like mm. I live on social media and I'm just like. Some ain't adding up. And when I started to look at like all the women that I felt like, I'll use a very simple example. They're like, oh, be consistent online mm-hmm. women, right? It's like, okay, girl, but like, you don't have no husband. Like you're not dating nobody. Like you barely going on vacation. Like you're, you're not living, you're not really living a life that I want to live, right? So of course, when you give me advice, you give me advice from from your experiences. Right. And eventually I started to like look around and I was like, I don't want to be coached by a woman who doesn't, um, who doesn't have a life that I would want. Right. Like if I don't, if I don't want to like switch lives with you, then I don't have no business taking your advice. Not because your advice is bad, but just because it might be coming from a place or a perspective that might not align with what I ultimately want. So my friends that have children that are in healthy relationships that, um, you know, enjoy their life, that go on vacation, that travel, that uh, travel luxuriously. Right. Cause I have some friends that travel, but you know, they have a scarcity mindset. So they over here trying to stay at the hostel and they flying spirit. It's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm, I'm flying for slap. I didn't make all this money to no, no, you know, and it's like, <laughs> There's a there's one thing about being financially responsible, and then there's a whole other thing about having a scarcity mindset and not wanting to spend your money because you don't think that it's ever going to come back around again, you know. Um, so as I started to look at like the people that I share what I'm doing with, or people that I, um, you know, I'm really excited to you know get feedback from and stuff like that. I first analyze like their life, like are they happy? Do they have a life that I want? Are they balancing it all? Okay, then I will take your perspective into consideration because you might have some insight. But like a lot of the coaches online, like divorced, miserable, mean girls. You meet them in person and they're bitches, right? you know, they they use their kids as props to be, you know, on social media for likes. They, they have, they, or they have a relationship, they have a boyfriend, but the, it's a vlog channel. We don't know if any of that shit is real. Y'all going to pretend it's all great and dandy. So y'all can keep getting these YouTube views. Like we just don't know what's real. So like when I connect with people in real life and I'm really able to like judge their character and see like that, who they are online is also who they are in real life. Then I can start to open up and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take some advice. But I think right now online, it's like, we see somebody that makes money. We automatically assume that they're credible, that they're good people and that they have all the answers because they somehow figured out a way to make money. And it's like, okay, so did Trump. Trump is rich. Money is figure outable at this point. Trump is very rich. Is he somebody who I want to take moral life and business advice from? No, absolutely not. Right. 
we got what's his name over here in Russia, the president over there bombing motherfuckers. Okay, he he's in a position of power. Does that mean that he's a good person? No. But we just think, oh, somebody has power, somebody is visible, and somebody has money. They have it all figured out. And it's just this like the sheep mentality that I see on the internet that really just like ruffles my feathers because it's kind of like, when are we all gonna wake up and start to make our own decisions? When are we going to wake up and realize like that the million dollars isn't for everybody? It's like you'll be at a job making 50K, right? And you'll be living your life. You'll be doing your thing. And then you have a business. And because the business didn't make $100,000, you're a failure. But it's like, but just a year ago, you were making 50. So you doubled what you were making at work. And now you're living, you know, a little bit more comfortably. You have freedom, you have whatever, if you've done it right, but that's not enough because you're chasing this million. It's like the milestones along the way to get to the end result just don't seem to be enough for people anymore. So we're constantly chasing the next thing in relationships. We're chasing, oh, now if, if he don't buy me Louis for Valentine's day, he ain't shit. And it's like, girl, well, he could afford coach. So like, just take the coach back and the nice dinner. Like what, you know, the, the men aren't enough. The businesses aren't enough. The revenue is never enough. Nothing is ever enough anymore. And it's like, you're eventually going to come to a place where you're going to look around and all the things that weren't enough just don't fulfill you anymore. And you're going to have to figure out from scratch, like what is actually enough for you. And you're going to realize like what I was chasing for so long and, and defining as success is actually what other people convinced me that I wanted, not what I actually wanted. Cause I don't need a million dollar business. I just need to be able to work three days a week, do what I want, eat really good, travel from time to time and have a man like other than that and have some kids other than that. Like I'm really good. If a, if a million dollar business facilitates that for me, great. If a $500,000 business facilitates that for me, great. If a hundred thousand dollars salary facilitates that for me, great. But at the end of the day, it's, what do I want? What do I truly want when I'm not scrolling on social media, when I'm not listening to everybody else's opinions and when it's just like me and my thoughts about myself, you know? Mm. Okay. I want to play. I agree with you. And I want to play devil's advocate for a second because I know a group of women and I've been this woman before where I have found ways to enjoy myself and I have found like the highs and lows and the happiness and the peace and, um, Mm -hmm. in the journey. But then sometimes I retract because I feel guilty for showing it. So I feel like there's like a, like, I'll I'll never forget a, a friend telling me like, she didn't like, I tagged her in something and she didn't repost it. It was just like a while back. And I was like, Oh, why didn't you repost that? And she was like, Oh, because I didn't tell some of my clients that I was going to be out of town. And I was like, mm. um, we do we, why do we care that, that are they responsible for your personal life? Like, she's like, yeah, but if, if there's anything that like we were delayed on their deliverables or anything, I don't want them to think it was because I was out of town. And I was like, that's literally an, another, you now work for them. Like this has now become a corporate role for you. But I know I've had times where I'm like, like I was just in Mexico for seven days. And I had the thought cross my mind. I was where, like, am I doing too much? Like, are people going to think that I don't do shit? Like, or that I don't care about my business or whatever, you know, like we, as women, we like guilt trip ourselves. Like I know so many women that feel like they have to show up, not just like online, but they have to, I don't mean to say it this way, but almost like they have to look the part, like 
Mm -hmm. they're, if they're making a lot of money, it needs to look like they work a lot. Does that make sense? And I'm like, where as women, did we get stuck in this? Like in order for me to deserve, to deserve a lot of money, I have to convince the world that I work a lot for it because I I've noticed this with women. I point, I pointed out not too long ago and I've noticed it over and over. Have you ever noticed when you get something good, the first thing women will say to you is, oh my God, you deserve that. Mm -hmm. You work so hard. You deserve that. Like my whole vacation last week, everybody was like, so happy for you. You of all people deserve this. And I was like, why, why don't I just deserve it? Because why did y'all have to see me work super hard? And now that I'm on vacation, I deserve it. Like, Mm -hmm. where as women, did we get caught up in this? Like, in order for me to receive X, I have to be, or in order for me to receive Y, I have to do X. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's, it all goes back to self-worth, right? It's like everything needs to be deserved, not your birthright, right? Like, I really think like also my relationship with God really changed the game for me because it was like, um, one of my mentors had me do this post where it's like, um, through the lens of God, I am right. Not how Mm -hmm. I see myself, not how society sees myself. How does God see me? And if I know that God put me on this planet to fulfill a purpose, if I know that God is the ultimate provider, if I know that God wants my happiness above everything else, why don't I want those things for myself? Right. Mm -hmm. And when we start to think about how we've been programmed, right. When we went to school, we would get perfect attendance, right? Remember, you would be eight years old, sick as fuck, really sick, <laughs> not trying to go to school. And your mom is like, no, I, you know, you're going to go sick because even if you go and I take you out early so you could get the perfect attendance award. And it's like, why am I eight years old worrying about perfect attendance? I just need to figure out third grade, right. you know, but we're constantly all of the rewards and all of the accolades comes from showing up. We have to go to school and get perfect attendance. We have to go work nine to five and go to the office. In exchange for us going to the office, we get a salary. In exchange for us working a certain amount of hours, we get PTO. So our whole life, we've been um, conditioned to believe that it's a transaction. I do this to get this in return. Oh, you want to have vacation? You need to work hard. Oh, you want to have a successful business? You need to sacrifice. Oh, you want to have a successful marriage? You need to be this, right? So we just live our lives so transactionally that it has just become second nature. And we just forget like what we're entitled to. For me, just because I'm God's, right? Just just because God made me and God wants the best for me, I deserve it. It doesn't matter if I'm, good at what I do, not good at what I do, whatever. My happiness isn't a effect of something. It just is. And I don't think a lot of people just sit in that and understanding that happiness isn't a, uh, an outcome. It's an existence. It's a being. And, and when you sit in that long enough and you understand like happiness is one, a choice. And two, it's an experience that I just embody. It's not a milestone. It's not an accomplishment. It's not a checklist. It's not a revenue goal. You stop waiting to be happy and you just are happy in the moment because I know that being a millionaire isn't going to bring me happiness. Being alive to enjoy the money is going to bring me happiness. So I need to stay alive. You know, but we always think that the thing that we're chasing is the happiness and it's not. So I say show it. Fuck it. It's like (laughs) at the end of the day, like like what I mean, with my clients, for example, like I I used to be that way too, where I would like um I would say no 
when I first like started like being all about my boundaries, I would say no, right? And then, oh, I, this is a perfect example. So I had a friend come in town and was like, hey, I'm in Dallas, da, 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 da. I was not in the mood to host. So I was like, girl, I'm out of town. Sorry, so sorry. Like, I'm not going to be able to meet up with you. I'm going to be out of town. I was in Dallas on my fucking couch. So for the whole weekend, I didn't post because I didn't have the energy to host anybody, but I also didn't want her to see that I was like out doing me either, you know? And it's just like, I want to get to a point and I want all of us to get to a point where we're able to just tell people how it is and like stand in our boundaries without feeling like we have to hide it or like it makes us a bad person. Like I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person because I don't feel like spending my weekend touring you around Dallas, you know, like I should be able to be like, Hey, I'm not in the mood to tour you around. Here are some areas, you know, that you might want to check out, be blessed. If I, you know, get a minute, I might come out, but then it comes the labeling. Oh, well, she's, she's mean, or she's a bitch or she's this, or she's that. So we really are, we're more concerned about the labels of showing our happiness, not necessarily what people are going to think because people are going to think it all the time, but we just have attached way too much meaning to like people's perceptions of us. And it's like, I'd rather be a happy bitch than a miserable, nice girl. I love that. (laughs) Yo, I love this because I've been saying this lately. Like I want to get back to unconditional love so bad, but I want it to be in the frame of like, I can't have friends unless I get to be like, you gotta let me be all the way myself. And that's sometimes that's going to be emotional as fuck. And sometimes that's going to be like a version of me that shows up for all my clients and all my impact. And sometimes that's going to be me picking up the phone and saying, Hey, please help. Like you, you have to let me be all these things of me. And sometimes that's going to be like, Hey, I'm really in my little only, only child space right now. And I can't do people. And then being like, Oh, Jess in her place. Yep. Jess is in her place. Let me be like, and not, and not being obsessed or fearful of this the lack or unbalanced of give and take when give and take is not supposed to ever be balanced. It's mm-hmm. always seasonal. Right. So like perfect example last night or Monday night, I got back from Mexico at 7 PM, go to b- get my son, go to bed. Guess what happens? I wake up in the middle of the night. I get a travel bug. I stay doing that. Every time I travel, I get like the worst travel bug. Especially so, Mexico, Mexico, every time, but last two times sick as a dog, wake up at 2 AM. I'm a single mom. My son's here. So at 4 a.m., I'm sleeping on the bathroom floor and I send my group chat a text and I'm like, hey, good morning. Sorry to bother y'all. Just an FYI, in the next four hours, check on me. I might need help. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get Cameron to school. If anybody can tag in, I would really appreciate it. Literally at like 7 a.m., all my friends were like, I'm going to get medicine. I'm like my friends with kids were like, oh, I dropped my kid off at seven. If I need to swing by, I will. Oh, and then they were like calling each other out like, oh, well, I'm an hour away, but this person, she could do this. She, she got you like, and one person was like, oh, well, I don't want you to have to go to CVS because you have to park the car and walk downstairs. So meet me outside. I got your medicine. Like everybody, everybody was stepping in. And I was like, I want to be able to be in my weakest moments, be weak, you know? And when I have it, I want to pour. And I don't want it to ever feel like, because I take, I have to pour. Like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, can I just receive? And then when I have it all pour, but we don't have to be this. It isn't a relationship. It's not 50, 50 relationships are always right. like 80, 20, if, and when back and forth, when I have it, when the other person does it. So it's like, mm-hmm. I just lately have valued that so much. I'm like, I only want friends that understand all versions of me and are okay with all versions of me. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. If I got to be a certain type of person all the time, if I got to be the person you expect me to be that I am online all the time, this ain't it. If I got to be the broken healing version of me all the time and you don't want me to grow, that ain't it either. Like we, we got to, I go up and down, baby, just like the temperature, like you got to roll with me. <laughs> so. Yeah. And the thing is too, it's like, that's it, right? We expect perfection of ourselves. And then we start to expect that perfection of other people, right? Mm -hmm. So because we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable, because again, how we're going to be labeled, you don't want to be the needy friend, you don't want to be the lazy friend, you don't want to be the drama friend, right? So I remember like, um, growing up, like I had like this on and off again, toxic relationship with a boyfriend. And it got who did it? Who didn't? But you know how there's like these memes of like, uh, you know, when your friend always end up going back to her man, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like eventually I would be going through like dark stuff. Like I remember even like when my engagement fell apart, I didn't tell anybody. Like I didn't tell anyone. Eventually, of course, typical entrepreneur fashion. I didn't tell anybody. And then I was like, I'm going to send out a newsletter because I'm sick of everybody DMing me. Where's your ring? Where's your this? Where's your this? We ain't together no more. Like, leave me alone. Here's an announcement. Um, But I remember I didn't tell anybody close to me and they were just all like, how could you be going through something and you didn't tell me? And it's like, well, I didn't want to be the needy friend. I didn't want to be the crying friend. I didn't know if I was going to get back with him. So I didn't want to go and like complain and talk a whole bunch of shit to only end up getting back with them. And then you looking at me sideways, you know, like the girl who cried wolf. And then the next time that I have a problem, you don't answer the phone. So it was kind of always these things of like, you know, being tit for tat with your friends and, and constantly feeling like, like, yeah, like you don't want to take too much because you you don't have anything to give back to them at that point in time, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it all, again, it comes back to self-worth, right? Because as I started really working on my self-worth over the last couple of months, not even years, months, um, I started to realize like a lot of the roots of my problems and a lot of the reasons why I don't ask for help is because of that, is because it's like, well, in order for me to feel worthy and to feel good about myself, like I need to be able to do it all. I need to be independent. I need to be all these things. And it's like, you actually don't like Mm -hmm. you actually, I don't know where the whole, you know, gold star for being independent came from, but I'm a baby. Please take care of me. (laughs) I'm a baby. I can please. Like I, I was with my friend over the weekend and I was like, you know, I was like standing next to the car door. Like, are you going to open the door? And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, these doors are mad heavy. Like open the door for me, please. And he's like, I cannot believe that you're still doing that in 2022. I'm like, I can't believe you stopped doing that in 2022. I'm like, I'm a little fragile flower. Yes. I may make money and be all of these things, but I am very much still a spoiled little baby. Please take care of me. Please carry my luggage. Please help me. Please send me flowers. Like it doesn't matter whether it's like romantic or like, or just regular friendships. Like Everybody in my life knows I'm needy. Love like my love language is quality time. I need you to come spend at least three to four hours with me on the couch, even if we're just watching Netflix in silence. But like those are the things that I value. And I stopped feeling bad about what I needed and associating something negative, like being needy or being this with my needs. Like, because and we could literally have a whole podcast on attachment styles, but when you start to understand like your attachment styles and like how you get your needs met. Every time you deny yourself getting your needs met, 
you're going to act a fool because your body and your mind, you're still going to want to get your your needs met. It's just, do you want to, your body's like, do you want to do this the easy way? Or do you want to do this the hard way? Do you want attention? And do you want to tell somebody that you want to go out to dinner? Or are you going to send a, damn, you ain't hit me up in, in a mad, in mad long text. Oh, so this is what we doing. I just find it funny how instead of just being like, hey, you know what? Like, I've been really missing you lately. I've been feeling really like, you know, lonely lately. Can can we grab dinner this week? Wow. So you ain't going. So you just wasn't going to text me. Girl, you just you're just creating drama. You're creating drama because you don't know how to how to get your needs met or how to ask for your needs to be met. And when you stop seeing your needs being met as like a problem and you start making them like a priority in your life, a lot of the drama is going to disappear because you're just going to be able to like communicate what you need and actually get your needs met without all of the extra. Cause we think people read minds and they don't. So just communicate and we will all be in a better place. That just got rid of like 80% of people's problems. I hope people caught wind of that. That was literally like, I could name like 50% of my friendships that have died because of that right there. Like that, that that's crazy. Like, just say it. Just say what you need. Just say what you need. I can't believe you wasn't there for me when my boyfriend broke up with me. Girl, I don't remind. If you needed me to support you, Send you should have. Send a text. I'm well, losing my you shit. You should have known. You should have known. Actually, um, I'm running two businesses, now three. I don't have time to figure out what's going on in your life. It's your responsibility to tell me what's going on in your life. Correct. And if you need help. Correct. Outside of that, I'm not reading minds. Like Correct. I'm not psychic. I'm brilliant at marketing, but psychic I am not. So just tell me what you need. Same thing with like men, like, oh, you just should know. I don't know. So just tell me. What do you want? What do you need? What's your love language? What, what, what are we doing? Yes. Oh my God. People used to chastise me years ago because I did an episode where I talked about like communicating in a relationship when I was in a relationship. And I was saying that like how we had a rule that like, if you want something, you say it. And, but like the example I gave was like, if we get in a work cycle, I would literally be like, Hey, I need a date night in the next two days. Like we need a date night. Like I need attention. Mm-hmm. And like, it was like, okay, that means I have to drop everything and I have to make plans. And like, people were like, I remember people were da- DMing me and they were like, you shouldn't be dating someone that you have to say that to. And I was like, no, no, we're two busy ass people because guess what the reverse is, what y'all do, which is like, oh, well, you don't pay enough attention to me. And like, you choose everyone else over me and blah, 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 blah. No, people aren't mind readers. Fucking say what you want. What do you want? Period. Like, Mm -hmm. that's it. And that, and I just had a girlfriend say to me recently, she was like, one thing I admire about you is you always say what you need, even if it makes you weak or vulnerable. Like you'll always say what you need. And I'm like, cause why not? Because how I don't expect people, like I will literally reach out to someone and be like, I'm having a rough night. Can someone come over? Like, Mm -hmm. and she's like, I just don't. Like, I just expect people. Like, I wonder why people are never there for me. And I'm like, cause you don't give them an opportunity Mm -hmm. to. You literally have to say something. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I love that you said that because I used to be like, I used to hate my needy ass friends. I would be like, call me every time like something was happening. Like, bitch, I don't give a fuck about your relationship. Like I got shit to do. (laughs) But what I learned in therapy is I'm going to literally like a therapist needs to sponsor me at this point, like a therapy company (laughs) in therapy. But what I learned was the shit that pisses me off the most about other people is actually a mirror of what I wish I could do. So the friends that I'm like, Oh, you're so needy. Oh, you're so this. Oh, you're so bossy. Oh, you're so this. It's like, those are the qualities that I wish I could. It's called, um, my shadows. Like you can, you guys can Google like shadow work or whatever, but it's like usually like the things that I see in other people that really 
just ooh, that I'd be like, bitch, you are so annoying. Those are the things that it's like I I see. I wish I could do for myself. So uh-huh. I see that gap in myself, right? So whenever I'd be like, oh, she's she's always complaining about her relationship. She's always doing this. She's so demanding. She's so this. It's like, no, I wish I could ask for what I need unapologetically. I wish I could ask for help and be vulnerable without wondering about how people are going to... I wish I could, you know... So I started to like kind of learn and respect people when they would trigger me or when they would upset me because I'm like, there's something about them. Even the people, like the women on social media that trigger me, even though they piss me off, I'm like, I wish that I could show up consistently and like be this, even when my life is a hot mess behind the scenes. Because if my life is a hot mess behind the scenes, you y'all ain't gonna see me on Instagram. The Instagram is getting deleted, is getting turned off. I'm going ghost, right? So even though they piss me off, because I'm like, damn, you're just putting on this false narrative on social media. It's like, you know what? I gotta respect it because you still out here getting your money, even though you're going through a divorce, even though your kids is acting crazy, even though you know whatever is going on in your life. Like, at the end of the day, me being annoyed or triggered by you is just a reflection of what I wish I could do more of or what I could be better at. So there's always something to learn, even in like the negative emotions. But we have learned that having negative emotions makes us a bad person. And it's like, you can be pissed off, you can be annoyed, you can be jealous, you can be selfish, all of these things. And you can still learn from why those emotions are coming up for you in the first place. So it's really just, you know, you learning to kind of use everything. Like, I'm just like, just use everything to your advantage. Like there's nothing that is happening by coincidence or by mistake. Like use every experience, every emotion, everything that you're going through in your life to figure out like, what is it trying to tell you? You know, what, why is this? They always say like, why is this happening for me, not to me? And I really like have become such a believer of that because there's just so much to learn. All right. I'm going to wrap with this. This was so good. Y'all are all going to like run to go follow her. I already know it. I'm excited. Um, So I want to wrap with this because I feel like we've talked a lot about sanity and happiness and like really like uh, curating a life that is around what your values are, what you value and not doing the thing that both of us have done and learned the hard way, which is like creating this big elephant and literally being the writer of of creating a massive empire that doesn't fulfill you. Right. So Great. So play de- playing devil's advocate. One of the things I've also learned is like, sometimes it's not a massive switch. It's a, a simple shift in perspective sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you wrote something that I loved because I was like, oh my God, that's something I'm learning. But I wasn't able to like articulate it that way was um, I wrote it down because you were talking about how still to this day, you're nervous before you meet with a client. And I loved what you said. You were like, I quoted it. You said, um, I used to get upset with myself that how was I this talented? I know my worth, I know my value, but I still get nervous before I get on with a client. And you said, I realized I get nervous because I give a fuck. You said, um, or you said, I get nervous because I give a fuck. It's not the absence of confidence. It's the presence of consideration and care. And something I've realized recently is like, I would rather, and this is a very simple concept. I would rather get back to quality over quantity with my clients. And so I've really been looking at like my schedule matters the most out of everything. Like I need to create and curate a schedule that gives me time. I'm not doing sales every day. I'm not doing admin work every day. So like I separate those things into separate days. But on top of that, how do I clear my, like I actually want more client calls now than I do want more sales calls 
because I want to focus on the quality that I'm providing my clients because I do care. The reason why I have anxiety when I'm away is because I don't feel like I'm giving my clients enough care and consideration. That's where the anxiety is coming from. And when I read that, I was like, that's just, that is a simple shift in perspective around happiness and creating a life that is fulfilling. Because if, if happy clients feel like impact to you and they feel like fulfillment, then go back to the work you do in the schedule and figure out where you can add value to the people that are already freaking paying you. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'd rather take 10 less clients. Cause I, I remember sitting with someone and they did this, another coach that did this thing with me that was like, okay, at this rate, how many clients did it? The VIP clients, blah, blah, blah. You make this much, you make this much. Okay. So if you were to just take six more clients a month, you would make a million dollars in a year and it would be that easy. And I just remember looking at it and I was like, I don't feel like I learned something profound. I feel like you just overwhelmed the fuck out of me. I don't want six more clients a month. Like, I don't want that. I don't, I don't. I can't even keep what I have right now without getting overwhelmed and feeling anxious. So mm-hmm. like, but I would much rather charge a little bit more and put a hell of a lot of care and consideration into my clients that are already paying me. And just reading that, I was like, that is not a, you're not deleting the whole thing. You're not dumping everything. You're acknowledging a feeling that you have. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and peeling back the layers as to why can I solve this myself? You never changed the anxiety. You just answered it. You just went to find where it was at its core and said, okay, how can I answer this? Okay. And own. Yeah. I do care a lot about my clients. So what can I do differently with my clients? It makes me feel a little bit less anxious. Mm-hmm. And yep. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. It's if I leave the listeners with anything, it's, always be questioning your emotions because your emotions are, um, their signals, their signals. Right. So one thing that I've, I've been doing this for years and I think it really helps is whenever I have like a certain emotion, I always ask myself why. So it's like, okay, Emily, you're feeling anxious. Why? Oh, well, you know, I just feel like I have so much on my plate. Why? Oh, because, you know, I have like a lot, a lot of deadlines coming up and I'm traveling. Okay. Why does that make you feel anxious? Oh, because I feel like I'm not going to do a good job. Okay. Why? Because if I'm not at my computer all day long, like maybe some things will slip through the cracks. Right. So I keep asking myself, why, 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 until I get to the end of it. And I figure out like, okay, is any of this actually true? Right. And then once we get down to the bottom of like, okay, my anxiety comes from me being afraid that things are going to fall through the cracks and that my clients are going to be unhappy. Okay. Well, what can we put in place so that things don't fall through the cracks and that your clients won't be unhappy? If it comes back to self-worth, oh, oh, I'm feeling a lot of anxiousness. I'm feeling imposter syndrome because I will procrastinate so much because I will feel imposter syndrome. So I would get a new client and I would wait until like the night before to do the project because the whole time I'm like, I can't believe they fucking paid me. Like, I can't believe a Fortune 100 just paid me money to do this marketing strategy. Like, this is nuts, right? And I would like have all this anxiety, not because I couldn't do the job, but because I didn't, I couldn't believe that I was valuable enough to make the money. Right. Yes. So once I got like deep down into that, like now, whenever I find myself procrastinating, I'm like, bitch, what is it now? I'm like, what is it? What is it? Oh, you procrastinate. You feel like you don't know how to do the job. Okay. Let's think about all of the times where you've done projects similar to this. Oh, you're overwhelmed about increasing your prices. Let's go through your numbers and talk about how much value you've added to your last three clients. Right. So it's like always speaking to my mind and my body so that we're all on the same page. Okay, body, you feel this way. Okay, mind, why do we feel this way? 
What do you yes. believe? What are the programs? What are the beliefs that you believe that are making me feel this way? And then how can we fix it? You know, mm. sometimes they're not always a solution, but just always question yourself. Why am I feeling this way? Okay. Why does that? Why do you believe that? Why do you think that? Why, 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 why is this true? That'll change the game for you. Cause you'll realize like your mind is just up here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's start over. Um, your mind, your mind is, is always... up here making shit up. Your mind yes. is just literally up here making shit up. Right. And when you learn to just become like an observer of your thoughts and start to question your thoughts. And I just think that your thoughts are the reality. You can change your thoughts. Right. Mm. And when you change your thoughts, you can change your behavior. And when you change your behavior, you change outcomes. And it's like the whole, you know, neurolinguistic programming thing, which I also encourage you guys to Google. Um, I actually started getting uh, certified in NLP because of this, because I was like, my thoughts have literally taken my life hostage because the things I believe are starting to I'm starting to believe they're my reality. And just because I believe something does not make it true. Just because I think something does not make it true. Just because I feel a certain way, I'm not going to disvalidate or unvalidate, invalidate. I don't fucking know, whatever the word is. But I'm not going to say, oh, this is invalid because I feel this way. But I'm going to always question like, but is it true though? Yeah, you feel this way, but is it actually true? You know, and that will like literally change the game in like, any scenario because you'll stop being um you know a puppet to your emotions and you'll really start to take control of like how you feel and how you like see and your perspective with your life Whew. a good book for that too is um emotion code emotional code emotion code um Ooh, I, I it's, like a, it's not it's not it's it's not digestible to be honest it's like there's a few books that i found like this are like a book of reference almost so it's just like, it goes through like feelings you have in your body and what they actually mean. So you can like literally flip Ooh. through and like pull stuff out. And it's almost like the same for every p- part. So it's almost become like a book of reference. Like I feel like another book like that I'm reading is Atlas of the Heart with Brene Brown. Oh yeah. I was, about, I was literally about to say that one. It's such a book of reference. Like literally I just pick the emotion and then I like flip through and I'm like, okay, what does this emotion mean? Like I just read about the emotion. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Like I just, I don't need to read it front yeah. to back. It's almost like a comic. I don't know. It's weird. It's like yes. a book of reference. Um, oh, you know what it. else is good? Um, speaking of emotions, the wheel, of, I think it's called the wheel of emotion, if I'm not mistaken, but we essentially have like core emotions, right? Like hat, like happy, sad, mad, whatever, whatever. But out of those emotions, there are other emotions that we don't necessarily um, think about. So like maybe you're mad because you're feeling disrespected or you're feeling, um, you know, uh, sad because you're really actually feeling disappointed. Right. But oftentimes you say, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm this, I'm happy. Right. But there's actually a whole bunch of other emotions that actually really help you to pinpoint what, what do I really feel like? Yeah, I'm upset. Perfect example. When I'm dating, I'm always mad. Like at you, when you don't text me back, right. Quickly. Like, what are you doing? Text me the fuck back. So I would, I'm just mad. I'm just mad. And it's like, no, I'm actually not really mad that you didn't text me back. I'm disappointed because I don't feel like a priority. Right. Mm. Communicating to somebody, Hey, I'm disappointed. And I don't feel like a priority because you don't text me throughout the day is very different from me complaining and being like, Oh, you don't text me enough. I'm mad that you ain't text me back, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I just really found that like when you can really pinpoint the right emotion outside of just like that surface level, it helps so freaking much because you can just, again, communicate better. And the solution is always going to be communicate with yourself and communicate with the people around you and your life will improve. 
you know, your yes. sanity will definitely improve. But when we don't have those conversations and we, when we don't sit down with ourselves long enough to figure out what does the conversation even need to be, we're constantly on this hamster wheel of anxiety because we're just like jumping from one thing to another without really pausing to like think about it, you know? Mm. This is so good. Wheel of emotions. I don't have to be a relationship right. coach out here. I'm telling y'all right now. The wheel I don't of have emotions. a man. But... No, me neither. Um, <laughs> which is a whole nother podcast for female entrepreneurs and high achieving women because a lot of us are single so that's a whole nother conversation part two with emily Dela cruz and i coming coming to a theater near you is why you're not in a relationship as a high achieving woman because neither are we um (laughs) so again i feel like we could talk forever but you are absolutely incredible and i'm so thankful that you are speaking about this because I don't think enough people are. And one thing I've learned about burnout and I want everyone to hear this. I've been saying this until I'm blue in the face is um, you don't know burnout until you're past it. So it, and what burnout feels like is you're like, what is this feeling? And all of a sudden you're trying to do the same things that you used to do to replenish yourself, like a day off or an agenda list day, or, you know, like a travel, like a quick three day weekend. And all of a sudden the things that you used to do that used to replenish you no longer do. And it's because when you reach burnout, those holes, those gaping holes get bigger and they become more permanent. And the day, the things you used to use to replenish yourself no longer do the trick. They literally just pour in and pour right back out. And that's, Mm -hmm. to me, that's burnout. Like you're, you're at a point of like, it's almost like, remember when you were a kid and they were like, don't get D's and F's because to come back, it's going to be 10 times harder. Like once you get to burnout, coming back is not as easy. It's very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And so for anybody listening to this, like, please listen to this. This is coming from, you know, Emily, who's experienced it all the way down to her rock bottom and me who I know in this last season, I experienced burnout and I was definitely circumstantially depressed in multiple seasons last year. So we both know what we don't want. That's for sure. And so just listen to this episode carefully and, and make decisions around your values wisely before it's too late. So other than that, please tell them where they can learn more about you, follow you, stalk you, hear some of this authentic real ass stuff because they're going to love it as much as I do. Yeah. So of course, head over to the Sanity and Success podcast on all platforms. I have multiple episodes talking about like burnout and unfulfillment and, you know, what I learned with depression, like all of those things, because I just feel it's important, you know, to not always just be talking about business. Like, yes, we all know that I'm good at marketing and I'm good at business. Wonderful. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about the shit that actually matters. Um, So the podcast is definitely a great place to start. And then, of course, you can follow me on social media at Emily Dela Cruz. I'm not even going to bother spelling it just look in the show notes for it because it's spelled differently um the link will be course, in the show notes <laughs> for sure and then of course um one day cmo if you do want that you know more marketing strategy business type of advice you can definitely find that over there so we have a little bit of everything you got some foolery on my personal page you got some marketing on the one day cmo page and then of course you have like mindset um and you know mental health stuff over on sanity and success Emily, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the Stranded family and myself. We can't thank you enough for the gems. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we made it work. Finally. Finally. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. 
And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.